Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents... The Elder Scrolls Lorecast! Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Hazardous Misfit, if you would like to invite uh, Pixie to come join us and talk about Queen Iren, you're welcome to. You can go go message her right now and be like, hey, jump on their Discord. She, she can join us. Um, <laughs> welcome, everybody, to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, and it is another week. It is another Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash robots radio, where we are talking about the Elder Scrolls and specifically the Elder Scrolls Online and our third of the leaders of the current groups that are vying for power in tamriel and with me as always is lotus of doom welcome lotus how's it going hello i'm i'm doing pretty well i thank you to everybody who decided to uh join me earlier and uh follow me over to more grounded things than me trying to figure out how to play Battlespire on stream. Yeah, um, yeah, it sounds like a uh, quite the adventure. We had a little bit of a pre-show discussion about this, and it seems like uh, this is kind of a difficult endeavor, but do you think it'll get better from this point on? Technologically? In-game? Yeah, I was going to say, so I think as I sort of get an understanding of what the hell I'm doing, uh, I will be able to kind of progress it a little faster. I don't know the difficulty curve. I've heard it is pretty rough. but I, I've definitely, at least I understand slightly more than I did when I started. So not sure combat wise, but hopefully I can pull something interesting out that we'll be able to use for the upcoming year since it's pretty much all about Dagon in Battlespire. So hopefully right. there's some little tidbits that we'll be able to discuss for uh, future Lorecast. Yeah, well, you did you did have one that you mentioned before before the stream about the... Uh, the Dremora clan that we talked about a few weeks ago? Yes. I've found two of the uh, clan types so far. Um, the <laughs> the Scamp Oathkins can actually talk to you in Battlespire, which is very strange um, because they're largely not a speaking creature in, <laughs> right? in all new Elder Scrolls well, games. Don't they, they speak? Isn't there one that talks to you in Oblivion? Yeah, there's one in Morrowind. Um, is there one in Morrowind? Kung Fu Kangaroo mentioned that was one of his favorite characters. Yeah, yeah. The drunk one. Yeah, there's the um, drunk one. Right. I, th- I feel like there was one in Oblivion also. Yeah. It was so, like, me get food for... And then he like... Right. Yeah, something and like that. This one, they all just have casual discussions with you or make idle <laughs> threats just, at you. They're just, they're, <laughs> just, they're just shooting the ass. On the, you know, like, they're, <laughs> they're taking their smoke breaks and they're like, hey, mate. Yes. As the... <laughs> As your mom, dude. And they're Australian? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the battle spire is. Right. It's in Australia. Um, yep. But yeah. So, and then the other one, um, shoot, it started with a V. It's the much less lesser known. It wasn't the, the one of the camp. It wasn't yeah, it was one of the lie. It was the other one. It started with a V. Uh, yeah, um, I don't recall it. It was one of the Dramora uh, clans. It, yeah. Yes. But yeah. they, um, I found them and they are seemingly not, uh, I don't know, articulate. (laughs) They just kind of grumble at you and you can talk back to them or you can just respond the exact same way that they talk to you. So wait, 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 wait. So the scamps are more conversational than the more human like. Correct. (laughs) Tremora. Yes. Who just basically, like you described, it's just saying. Yes. And Uh, yeah, it's like they're having a hernia. Okay. Yeah, I'm really, I'll be eager to see if there's anything I can pull out uh, from this game. As so far, some of the more abstract games have very much been referenced in Elder Scrolls Online. So mm-hmm. I think there's potential there that there could be something neat in Battlespire that we don't know about just yet. So stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. looking forward to that. Well, um, interesting stuff, as always. Uh, your adventures in these old games is 
something that I have not yet committed to doing because it is quite the endeavor, but you seem to be a glutton for punishment. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Good, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I have a high pain tolerance. apparently. <laughs> yeah, high pain tolerance. All right. So today we're talking about Queen Irene. We've talked about the other two leaders and Queen Irene is uh, she's kind of an interesting mix of uh, a character that a lot of people agree is very cool, like a really cool character, a really good leader. Mm-hmm. But of a faction that a lot of people go, her being successful leads to things like the Thalmor. And I don't want to be a part of that or or just the high elves in general being a little bit too, I don't know, egocentric, you know, haughty, I guess. Yes. So so there is a kind of dilemma there, but she is a very interesting character. And in this episode, we're going to talk about her coming to power it's kind of like the other previous episodes, mostly her rise to power and what events happen in the world and that kind of thing. So why don't we just dig into it? This for this episode, I've actually just pulled the main document that we have in the games that is basically everything we know about her rise to power, because this is most of it other than conversational stuff that you hear other people talk about, which is very similar to the information in this document. This book is basically it. There's not a whole lot else there, and so much of it is shrouded in mystery, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, This is called Irene, the Unforeseen Queen by Headmaster Tanyan of the College of Valdmiri Propriety, a biographical book on Queen Irene of Alinor. And just like any of these other documents, we have to take into consideration who wrote it and for what reason. Just like any document written in the real world, right? Everybody has a reason for doing something and they all have a perspective. So this is Headmaster Tanyan of the College of Admiri Propriety. Propriety, right? Like this is this is clearly a government sanctioned document that is basically putting her out there as this is the rightful leader. She should be our leader. She's an amazing person for these reasons. And this is why. Thanks for the that kind of thing. So we know right from the bat that that's that's where we're going with this. So let's just dig right in. Let's just dig right in. We're going to read through this whole thing. Uh, it's not too long, but it will shed a lot of light on who she is personally. So it starts out and says some of our Bosmeri and Kajidi students have con- come under a misapprehension, repeating the canard that not all the Altmer of Somerset are united behind our glorious Queen Irene. Straight off the bat, like, why did you write this? This is propaganda. <laughs> this, that's what this is, is that we are now uniting these three groups, the Bosmer, the Khajiit, and the, uh, the Altmer, and we need to make sure that they understand that we are all behind the queen, right? So just take that for what it is. And goes on, it says, nothing could be further from the truth. We High Elves have a penchant for witticisms and wordplay that can sometimes be misinterpreted by those newly exposed to our ancient and refined culture. To set the matter straight, I've assembled this brief introduction to our beloved Queen of Alinor, intending to tell her story in a simple, direct fashion that can be understood even by our new allies in the Aldmeri Dominion. Well, how nice of them! Yeah, not condescending at all. Not at all. They're making this very simple for us plebes to understand the the things that are going on. Because sometimes we don't understand their witticisms and wordplay. We think that that means that there's yeah. internal strife happening. But their culture is far more complex than that. Wonderful. Wonderful tone. Um, so here we go. This next line I find, I find interesting here. The Altmer, of course, are descended in an unbroken line from the divines who created Nern and none more so than the royal family of Alinor. There are a few logical issues I have with this statement alone. (laughs) Okay, so if the Altmer believe that all elves are descended from the unbroken line, or or from the divines, then all of them also have an unbroken line from them. How could you have broken that line unless you intermingled with men or beast folk, right? Yes. So that's implying that some of the other races have mingled with men and beast folk, which is, which is true. But at the right. same time, anybody who is genuinely an elf, a Dunmer or, you know, any any other elves that previously lived on the continent could probably attest to the same thing. So that doesn't make them special compared to the other elves who are all elves, right? Snow elves, uh, Aelids, like, sure. Basically, they're all the same, right? On top of that, 
um, the divines who created Nern, and none more so than the royal family of Alinor. Well, if 90% of your population has an unbroken line, then how does the royal family have any more of an unbroken line? That doesn't make any sense. It's still a, it's still 100% of an unbroken line. 100% is 100%, right? What's what? But maybe they're doubling up their lines, so now it's a double bond. <laughs> it's a double bonded, unbroken line. Yeah, right. So this is like this is just a fancy thing we can say that sounds important but doesn't really mean anything. Um, it goes on. It says, "Iren's father, King Hidlith of August Memory, ruled the Somerset Isles long and well, and exemplified the best traditions of Elven, and I love this word, ceremonarchy, ceremonarchy." Ceremony and monarchy combined together. Sure. <laughs> and they use this word again later. Ceremonarchy. So it's as if the monarchy itself is celebrated. It's a celebratory thing or something like that. I don't I've never seen this word before. I don't know really what it even means. I, I don't recognize that word either. Um, I, I it very well could be a word I, I i well i mean i guess there's a lot of words that aren't real words in this world anyway so i guess maybe it could be just commonplace even if it wasn't in ours but yeah yeah in, interesting yeah a quick google search in, in, just shows yeah. that like it only shows up in elder scrolls context yeah so i think it was something invented for this it's again sounds like another thing that somebody would just say for rhetorical reasons to make it sound even more interesting or powerful or well, important. Yes. And that's why I'm very glad that when I was looking over the notes, you had picked this book. Cause I, I actually, this was going to be my contribution. I was like, uh -huh. Oh man, this is almost like the exact reason why I have some of the issues I have with this faction, even if it's not with a render cell. Right. 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 Cause this is everybody around them is basically like this, right? Just like the writers of this book. Um, so, yeah. So, best traditions of Elven Sarah monarchy, basing his every decision on the precedents laid down in the scrolls of Praxis. So, he followed the laws very well. He was a very right ruler who did all the right things of the right way and blah, 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 blah. In due time, <laughs> in due time, as ordained by the scrolls. All right. So, the, the scrolls of Praxis, not the not the Elder Scrolls, but the scrolls of Praxis ordained that something should happen and that was king hadalith and his wife kin lady twinden conceived a child as ordained by the scrolls they conceived a child who was named they iren followed the law yeah they followed the law in when they could do it to have a baby all <laughs> right and uh who was also named iren as the praxis dictated princess iren was born on the fifth of second seed fifth month in the year 555 of the Second Era, a very auspicious date, though I will spare you the reasons why, as you lack the context to comprehend its full significance. However, you can believe me when I tell you all Somerset, Aradon, and Artaeum celebrated her birth for, get this, 55 days. You guys can't understand why this is important, but... I'll just give you a hint here. We also celebrated for 55 days. Well, maybe it's because everything has to do with the number five. <laughs> maybe I. I do not know. So it goes on and says uh, it was foretold that Princess Irene. Now we're getting into the not only were these things ordained and done according to the way the law suggests it should be done, but now things are being foretold, right? Uh, and this is, again, we talked about this on previous episodes about these other leaders, this idea of like the leader who was predicted to be coming, who was prophesied is used a lot in the ancient world. And it's also used a lot here. So it was foretold that Princess Irene would reflect the restless and turbulent times in which she was born. Oh, OK. So her personality is going to be different from her dad. And so it came to pass. So we expected this. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, everyone. We, the High Elves, knew what kind of person she would be, and we expected it. Nimble and quick-witted, she was quick to master the lessons of her tutors, and from an early age, often adopted unorthodox approaches to schoolwork. So she was quick and smart, right? In fact, yep. <laughs> she sometimes became so engrossed in her independent studies that her whereabouts were unknown for days at a time. 
<laughs> this is foreshadowing something uh, that's going to happen later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she would often return from these field trips. Field trips, not like notice, notice the uh, the terminology here. Like a field trip is something that is planned and often um, you have uh, teachers or chaperones who come with you and, yeah, and take care of these and things. Right? And there's an educational connotation behind it it's like you're not just doing this to get time off you're doing this to further your knowledge or to just go have fun always be doing right it's like oh this is something enriching to you right like she didn't just like have a flight of fancy and just hook up with some nord across the continent somewhere and come back you know like (laughs) no these were field trips right um (laughs) she would often return from those field trips with unusual knowledge and display remarkable new skills so (laughs) So, okay, right. These are these are these were good for her. They were unexpected, but they were basically good for her. Right. This is the whole tone of this one day. Oh, man, we're getting Madigan with a raiding party. Madigan, welcome. Thank you for the raid. What's up, everybody? We're in the middle of uh, talking about Queen Irene. So it goes on and says one day in Evening Star of the year 573, the entire royal family in Alinor gathered at the Crystal Tower to celebrate Irene's matriculation to the Sapiarch's Labyrinth. So, this is part of the ceremony that they do when they uh, bring a new leader into power. Um, and it goes on, it says, where she was to study Altmeri regal praxis and ceremonarchy. That word again. from the rec- For the record, was it <laughs> 3,000, and here we go, 555 days. So, again, the number, 555. Three of them starts with a three, right? What's also interesting about the numbers in this, and this is another one of those things that if you you study real-world religions, especially um, the Judeo-Christian use of numbers in the Bible, the, the Hebrews had a very, very interesting use of numbers. And this happens... Um, similarly to this in documents like uh, the book of Revelation or Daniel, and oftentimes those numbers had meanings like seven means uh, complete and 12 means fruition mm-hmm. and like those kinds of things. So when you read yep. in, in say, the Bible and you, you hear a certain number or a combination of numbers, those have meanings. And it seems like their society has similar meanings as well, usually having to do with fives or maybe threes and fives. So Madigan, thank you for the thank you for the raid. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, we're talking about Queen Irene. So then it goes on and says, but Irene didn't arrive. So they had this whole ceremony set up where she was going to go ahead and move into her training in order to take over leadership, but she, she didn't arrive. Somewhere between the palace and the tower, the crystal tower, the princess disappeared. What? How did that happen? <laughs> Oops, we lost her. Oops. How did that happen? Um, what does it, Lotus? I've been doing a lot of talking. Do you have any thoughts on any of this stuff about like her just dis- like how does a princess it's fine. just disappear? Like, so this is a pretty full book. If that wasn't already pretty obvious, like there's a lot to read from this. Right, um, right. But yeah, just up to the point of what we've covered, it's it's the problem. It's not even a problem, but it's it's the thing that seems like such an over arcing theme for so much of the dominion and the culture of the Altmar, where it's things need to be a certain way. You need to look like everything is planned and right out the gate, a Ren kind of doesn't fit this mold. Like she's doing her own thing, which is it's not creative. It's not good in their culture. It's like, well, what's she doing? Why is she, why is she being weird? Why isn't she doing what she's supposed to be doing? But she's also excelling at things. So it's not necessarily that they're ashamed that she's a mess. It's that, well, this is very non-traditional and non-traditional in this society is not good. Right. Um, so in the vein that you had mentioned of how this document is written, which I think is actually kind of almost more important than it is originally led to, (laughs) is this is phrasing her biography in a way that's like, oh no, she's not this wild child outgoing and doing all these other things. We're going to breadcrumb up the fact that this is all planned. This is all, you know, it's not that she's a little different because you can't really hide the fact that she just goes AWOL for huge 
periods of time. Right. But it's everything is done in such a propaganda based way of like, let's downplay her being weird and, and <laughs> we'll, we'll upplay the fact that it's like, well, this is ordained and you know, look how impressive she is because of her ultimate standing and her heritage. And I, I can't wait till you get to the final like lines of this where it really drills home this point. But that's all I wanted to say is like, it's the structure that this is written in is so foretelling of their culture as a whole. So it's, oh, yeah. it's very fascinating just the way it's written about her. Right, right. It, it it gives you this glimpse into a society where they want to be in control of everything. That's the the tone of this is, yeah. is that the, their society as a whole does not like it when things are outside of their control and not predictable. They're like extremely they're like an extremely ocd society right the kind of people who like walk yes. into somebody else's room and like their sock drawer isn't closed and so they push it closed because yeah that should be closed and it's like think that's not even your room much think right think the victorian era where everything is really very very much about like the more prim and proper you are the more it says about your character right and any diversion from that is not just a, like unusual it's like lowering your status it's a blight thing it's like yeah. oh yeah it really is it's yeah. a, it, a blight is a great way of putting it it's like oh no this is this is an actual problem that you're different like you mm -hmm. need to conform to how things are done mm -hmm. japanese culture would be another uh, similarity here there are things in japanese mm -hmm. culture that are very much like this you do things a certain way and certain things are expected about you and it's not about you it's about the people that you uh, reflect upon, you know, like your family right. and your history and your tradition and your ancestors yes. and all of that. Um, they have very, very much of that. And so somebody like Irene is going, I want to think on my own. I want to make my own decisions. And if I'm not ready to come celebrate this stupid thing, then I'm not going to do it. And then she just she's very, very strong willed and pushing up back against that tradition. And so now they're scrambling right. in order to cover this up and try to message it in a way where it looks like it was somehow under control or planned or destined. Like they're trying to wrap it right. in some sort of wrapping to make it OK. Um, because, again, you know, based on the very traditions that they're trying to you know adhere to she is the one that is destined to be in charge so the goal isn't so much like to you you know we've got to come up with something different to do it's like no yeah. we just have to make everybody think that she's perfect like right exactly yeah perfect, uh, perfect to according standards. to yeah according to their standards exactly, yeah, exactly. yeah right. yeah so she disappears right quite uh iran didn't arrive somewhere between the palace and the tower the princess disappeared and despite a 17th degree inquiry by the justicars i have no idea what that means but it sounds very important i really important. want to know the <laughs> textbook definition of a seventh degree 17th, 17th degree inquiry by, by the justicars it's like they this they just raised it oh so many levels up that it was just like okay everybody every justicar who is available yeah. anywhere on the entire planet needs to be focused on this right now um or justiciar is how i've heard it's pronounced oh, it's, it's actually one of the just, few things that i yeah yeah, I, I don't I am terrible with pronunciation. I will never tell anybody like, oh, this is totally how you say this word that, that sounds doesn't right, exist though. or does. But yeah, <laughs> I, I actually had that one. And for some reason, that one stuck with me. So, yeah, it, it, okay. let me good correct myself. Just this ER. No, good to know. Just this ER. That sounds even more fancy. Uh, she was nowhere to be found. <laughs> the Sapiarchs, however, reported that the night of her disappearance was filled with signs and portents. Right. Again, trying to take control of this thing that didn't happen. Well, even though she disappeared, there were signs in the cosmos. And those things mean that it must have happened for a reason. And so it was OK. That kind of thing. Right. And get this. The constellation of the lady seeming to ride the constellation of the steed like like a like a lady, a princess riding away on a horse. The great orrery spun backward <laughs> And a young eaglet was found atop the statue of Topol, the explorer. Now, if you remember Topol, the explorer, he was one of the uh, Aldmer who explored most of the continent of Tamriel before they moved over and the con their old continent sank. So yeah. this idea of like 
what this is telling me is this may seem uncommon, but this the the celestial bodies themselves were are telling us that this woman who is this important person, she's the lady, is going off on an adventure to explore and find new things that will be important for our culture. That seems to be my interpretation of something like this, right? Yep. That that's pretty much along the same lines that I I have gathered as well. Right. So therefore, it is okay. We can wrap it around. The, we can take the we can dress up the pig with some you know lipstick and you know it's 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 fine. It's totally fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and I feel like now is a good place for us to take our our mid break because we're going to get into a little bit more detail about what happens after this uh, in just a second. So why don't we do that? The skies are marked with numberless sparks each a fire, and every one a sign. Thank you to all of our patrons. This is the part of the show where we get to say thank you to you guys for supporting the show and for just being so freaking awesome. You guys are absolutely the best. We have uh, a patron-only episode coming up in just a week. Let me look at the date here. The 28th. So on the 28th, at this time period, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, we will be chatting with our patrons. And I don't believe we've come up with a specific topic yet, but that is in the works. And if you would like to be part of that, then you are welcome to join us. You can either sign up or upgrade to a tier four or higher patron on patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast in order to do that. And you can even chime in on the uh, secret Discord channel about what topics you think you might want to talk about because they haven't been decided yet. So I, I try to make it as um, dependent on the community to pick that stuff as possible because I get to choose the topics all the time. And you guys, this is your chance to shine, talk about things that you really want to talk about. So feel free to feel free to sign up and do that. If you also want to help support the show in other ways and you can't sign up for a tier four, but you want to help out, you can still get ad free episodes. You can get discounts on the store where we have cool t-shirts. Uh, all the different tiers have different bonuses and benefits. And we're about halfway to my goal of $500 a month. We've been closer because of, uh, uh noodle al dente's huge pledge back in December, but we're kind of back down to the mid two hundreds again. And if we, if we can double, if we can get this up to 500 a month, then that, that means that I have to get my elder scrolls tattoo, which will be awesome. And you guys can help de decide that for me and get it designed and stuff. So, uh, who knows, maybe this year at some point we'll, we'll hit that things continue to grow. That would be awesome. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash elder scrolls lorecast. And thank you, especially to noodle al dente, our tier five patron. This is your weekly call out buddy thank you so much for your support all right guys let's move into the rest of the show have you ever wondered how deep the elder scrolls lore rabbit hole goes have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe written in uncertainty is here to help you we'll be mixing in philosophy theology and whatever other theory is useful with elder scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series like what are dragon breaks how does chim work where did the dwemer go and more check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find written in uncertainty on any podcatcher thanks for listening and catch you later in the gray maybe of tamriel Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and I forget to I forget to bring this up, too, is that uh, the patrons also get to have the extended version of the episode that we only do live. And if you miss the live show, you're welcome to sign up on Patreon and listen to the stuff that happens after the credits, because that's where we hang out with you guys and chat with you. And again, thank you to all of our live viewers for being here. You guys are amazing. And thank you to uh, the people who have hosted the show. Uh, including Lotus and <laughs> and Madigan. <laughs> so, um, so let's let's dig back into this. Uh, the next passage says, in due course, Prince Naaman, Irene's eldest brother, was named heir to the throne of Alinor, and in 575 he matriculated into the labyrinth. So she was gone for a very long time, long enough for them to go. We don't know what happened to her, but we have to put the next in line in charge because somebody has to become the leader. So. They sent him into the labyrinth, which is part of this tradition. Naaman, like his father, was a natural Sarah monarch. Hmm. Much more, much more traditional here than uh, Irene is, who seemed to have a genuine relish for the rights and duties ordained by tradition for the he for the uh, for the heir. Indeed, when King Hittilith ascended to Aetherius in the year 580, notice they didn't say die or passed away, ascended mm -hmm. to Aetherius in the year 580. Prince Naaman immediately began preparing to speak the 
88-day coronation liturgy that would elevate him to the throne in his father's place. 88 days. Their traditional events to move somebody into the throne, to actually take charge, 88 days. <laughs> so, just before we move on from that real quick, um, in a situation of... I don't know where well, you don't have 88 days available. Say there your previous leader ascended quicker than planned. <laughs> right. right. Uh, um, unforeseen ascension. It's just like catapulted yeah. into Ethereum. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, imagine like, what it's like well it looks like we need to just be in turmoil until we like it's one of those situations where excessive pomp and circumstance in a time where you don't have time for that type of elaborate everything like what a mess <laughs> to deal with yeah i'm sure i'm sure somebody steps up and makes decisions during that time but it just it right. seems like a ridiculous amount of time it, it really is and i mean they've got the longer lifespans and stuff but it, it, it seems funny that it's so elaborate that they basically would need to fast track away around their own situation because it would be so convoluted in of it, in and of itself so it's it's just <laughs> It's very funny to think of how methodical everything is and everything's got to be just right and just so yeah. for these situations. Yeah. Now, and this, uh, again, actually has real world connections. Like you, you talk about right. like British tradition or even like the ancient Romans or uh, mm -hmm. the Pope. Like there were times where you would like the aristocracy would celebrate a special occasion by going for weeks like having events that ran for weeks and people would just pick up and they would travel and then they would spend a few weeks at somebody's like fancy estate in order to celebrate the occasion or or whatever and then they would travel home because they were the aristocracy and they could do that right and yes. like this in and of itself that's almost a show of just like look how much we have that we can just frivol about doing these things because right. we're so important it's, right and yet talk about how important it is to take all the time we need in order to accomplish it, that yeah exactly yeah. exactly it's 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 an interesting situation yeah yeah so let's see it goes on uh so speak to 88 day coordination liturgy that would elevate him to the throne of his father's place place then on a day unheralded so by surprise the unforeseen occurred a surprise occurred <laughs> word came from port valen on the continent that princess irene was on her way to aradon by swan ship so of course the princess hears her father has passed away her brother is about to actually take control of the uh the empire or whatever mm -hmm. they're calling it at the time and She's we'll like called them the Dominion. Still. The Dominion, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess they were the Dominion, even if they weren't, it's, yeah, fully fleshed, fleshed out yet. Um, but yeah, but and she's like, oh snap! All right, I guess I should go back and be the leader. <laughs> like, she's like, all right, vacation's done. Let's head back. In wonder and haste, the court of Alinor took itself to first hold to greet her. So of course that means uh, in wonder and haste. Like, uh, imagine all of these high elves. They're like, son of a, oh. God, and you know they're like grumbling and like rah, 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 the whole time, and they're like, we have to go greet her, and rah, 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 I thought she was dead, rah, rah. you know, like that. But no, wonder in haste. Um, <laughs> arriving just in time to welcome her unexpected return, Princess Irene announced that she was prepared as the eldest heir to assume the throne of Eleanor. Notice here that she avoided the 3,555-day labyrinth whole ceremony thing about like the training to become leader mm -hmm. so she basically was like N i'm not doing that stuff guys i'm gonna go do my own thing and then when it was time yep. and there was no more time left to send her through all of that she was like oh by the way still alive guess i'm the leader huh yeah. I i'm back guess i'm in charge <laughs> don't mind that s several month bender that i just went on exploring right. Actually, the world. i think it was years like, it's like at this point it's years it, it was many years but yeah, yeah it's just, like I seven years how many years yeah, it's a seven. Yeah, so it's there like you seven go. years. Yeah, so she's like, "I'm back, bitches. I'm the queen now." Yep. And they're like, yep. oh, "Queen time." Yeah, you're right. We can't. We can't <laughs> not let you be queen. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> and the high justiciar affirmed that such was indeed her right. So you know this situation. You you can picture this in your head. All of the aristocracy is all like, ah, oh, she can't do that. Oh, blah blah blah. They're all arguing. That's why they had to be there so they get their word out. And then it all came down to the head ju- ju- justiciar, uh, who said, "Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. This is her right. This is the law. We have to follow it." And everyone's like, "Son of a." And like, and they're like, fine. And then they at that point they're like, okay, we have to get behind her, right? But that's yep. not how this document notes it. But you know that's what happened. You do, especially as you delve more into without overtly spoiling anything. As you delve more into the actual storyline into Elder Scrolls Online, when you play through the Dominion, you kind of get more of that. Yeah, there's a lot of division and a lot of people who feel miffed about. The way all of this came about so you get to you get some glimpse into that um it goes on it says she was crowned queen iren on the seventh of frostfall in the year 580. now some of you have may heard wild tales about princess iren's adventures during her time away from somerset and i love that this document details them specifically and then it's like yeah but those are all false none of these Don't, things yes happen. these are these i'm going to itemize all the things that you might have heard uh-huh. and here is why they are not true <laughs> right right which is almost like saying wink wink mm, no the, she really did do these things if ever yeah. things fall apart these mm-hmm. are the thing these is this is why um yeah <laughs> so it says here that she sailed as first mate with a pirate captain from anvil okay disguised herself as a dunmer in order to read the indigo t- tomes in the vaults of Necron. This one is interesting. I looked up Indigo Tomes. I don't I can't find any any other document or any other There's anything. very little on Necrom period. Yeah, um, Necrom is like the house of the dead over in Morrowind. It's like the, yes, the crypt of I, the dead. Right. And I always I always refer to it um, as the Morrowind Mitten. It's the little land map that mass that looks like a hand on the side of the mainland mm-hmm. of Deshaun. And then if you go up into the island of Ardenfell, it's like that little mitten shaped bit of land that goes up there that we've never had in a game we don't have it yet in eso and when i went there it when playing through elder scrolls arena everything is kind of like just flat generated into the area so mm-hmm. going to necrom necrom looked like any other generic city so i couldn't yeah. really glean any it wasn't really information out. out of there yeah no it was a generic city because it hadn't other than being called necrom it didn't really have much fleshed out to it yet. In there the was story, there was no so. flesh on the Necron. <laughs> there just was bones. No, it's just bones. <laughs> he's a baby necromancer. He hasn't gotten there yet. <laughs> he hasn't have grown the flesh. He's just. Is that what skeletons are? They're baby yep. necrom. They're, they're, yeah, they're baby necromantic creatures. Yep. Right. It's, it's a level one spell. Right. Right. Like you have to you have to grow up, and then eventually the flesh, yep. the the bone. Yeah, you the, upgrade to flesh atronach, and then yeah, eventually you get muscles, and mm-hmm. then the fat coming in the flesh. Exactly. Organs they they grow back. Yep. All right. I see how this works. Amrielic science, right there. Who are you who knows so much of the ways of the necromancer? Um, <laughs> so I also looked up indigo tomes. There's nothing about indigo tomes at all. Uh, indigo is one of those words i mean it's a dark color necrom like it seems dunmer with the whole thing about them venerating the dead like it seems like she went on a pirate adventure and then she studied the dead is really what this seems like um and then it says bested the dervishes of rehod at their own sword dance sword dance that's like sword singing maybe yeah but it's, yeah, exactly. It's the other part to sword singing. It's when you're sword dancing. Right. So, yeah. So, okay. So, so she's, so she's like, uh, study the dead pirate adventure. Now she's like a swashbuckling, uh, you know, sword master of some sort. And, mm-hmm. and even out drank queen mob yarn, mob yarn, flame hair <laughs> of Windhelm in a mead slamming contest, <laughs> which one hilarious two call back to the Ebonheart pact episode where we talked about um yorin yeah that so, was yorin's mother that was yorin's mother who See, apparently got bested by queen aren in a drinking contest right right which is great because i'm gonna have to play through some of these quests again where they actually talk because i don't remember the lines but maybe there's a line where she's like ah you're my bested your mother in a drinking contest sit down you nord you know like <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I doubt she says that, but she should because it's right here. Yeah, right? I was gonna say if if true, I was gonna say that would be a good way to like kind of twist in the old uh, side and irritate somebody in a negotiation. Right, the Nords would hate that. They'd be like, "No, yeah. no, you didn't. That's a lie." Right, right. They would be like, "Drink best of elf bested us in a drinking contest." Yeah. Exactly. It's you know taking one of the things they take pride in and using it against them. It's yep. like, yeah, that that would be that would be quite a feather to put in your proverbial griffin hat. Right, right. So those are the four that are listed here. I have a feeling there's probably more. Um, but we don't get a whole lot of insight into that stuff that I know of. If you guys know of anything brought up in other storylines or quests where they're like, oh, yeah, before, you know, years ago when Queen Arin was here, this thing happened and she was a part of it. Yeah, there was a reference. I I wish I actually had the exact thing. I actually thought it was this book, but apparently it is not. There was reference to her riding a bear as well at one point. Yeah, I feel like that was a thing. Uh, yeah, I thought for some reason I was under the impression it was actually one of the snippets from this book, but apparently it is not as we've reached the end of this book. So. Right. Well, the, the, I mean, the signs, uh, the signs in the sky were her riding a horse. So maybe right, uh, right. the story. Wait, wait, here we go. Oh, there's a it's like a fan theory. Queen. Uh, the story of Queen Arin riding a bear is just a metaphor for her illicit relationship with Razum Dar. This is somebody's fan theory. Uh, maybe it's okay, like a myth well, that gets that passed around. Weird. Yeah. And this is why we vet what we do before we read it. That's on the funny. Show. That's funny. Or we don't because it's entertaining. Or we don't in this case. And this is what you get. This is what you get. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe we'll have to dig in more into that stuff. But uh, <laughs> it's we don't have enough information to say for sure if any of that stuff has happened. But I'm sure somebody's yelling at their. Uh, their radio and, and like robots you dummy this is where you find it uh well let me know we can talk about it <laughs> this we can, is where the bear story comes this, from this is where the bear story comes from um anyway it goes on and says all myths and tales i assure you pros uh, um i'm sorry prepos- preposterous that's a weird word and deeply absurd our queen was merely away preparing for praxis and sarah monarchy in her own fashion of independent study <laughs> like she didn't want to do that thing but she still did it in her own way right yeah keep keep it all neat and together she's still okay to be the queen since right. assuring uh, i'm sorry since assuming the throne she has brought some innovations to the rule of our land but this is as foretold at the time of her auspicious birth and the sapiarchs one and all have endorsed her modernizations no notice they're again framing this in a way modernizations yeah. oh, innovations. Well, she's very progressive yes, yes. she's just uh-huh 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 so you see students iran is undisputed queen of these isles and all is right and proper as it should be and anytime you have to say something like this usually means it's not <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say this is um as joked about in in chat um it's almost like this whole thing is just one giant propaganda spin to be like, oh, we need some serious damage control because, again, as you play through the storyline of the Eldmary Dominion in Elder Scrolls Online, you find out that despite this book's firm stance that everything is fine and everyone loves Queen Aren, right, right, everything is not fine, <laughs> people are very mixed on queen aaron <laughs> it's like saying and, it's like saying um, mom my room my room's clean my room's clean just don't look in the closet but my room's clean right yeah yeah or under the bed or under the bed like, don't, don't look under the bed room's clean exactly i swear so yeah that's that's kind of the situation at hand it's this is very much a damage control statement to try to prevent insurrections uprisings any myriad of things but at the same time uh the only other thing i figured it's worth mentioning about this specific uh book is that this is clearly produced for a lot of you know it's designed for the almary dominion it's uh, you know even though the beginning says it's it's specifically for the khajiits right and the uh the bosmer yeah Right. But it's like you can tell it's designed for anyone in the Dominion. We're like, all right, please calm down. Like, don't don't go questioning all this. But then then on the flip side, uh, an interesting way of trying to. um, How can I put this? An interesting way of trying to appease different groups within a faction, immediately demeaning them to start your statement is probably not the best way to do it but it totally it totally makes sense that it's not for them right 
it's actually for it's like it's exactly. like it's like me uh like chiming like let's say my son does something good right but my wife wasn't in the room and then i'm like when she walks in the room i purposely say oliver you did such a good job helping clean the dishes so that my wife knows that he helped out you know like it's it's like doing that it's you know what i'm saying <sighs> Yeah, kind of. It's kind of it's similar in that, like the th- person you're talking to is not really the person you're talking to. You're actually right. talking to somebody else. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah. So uh, I probably I could probably do a better example of that. But um, yeah, oh, so no, this is this very. Yeah, it's very clearly for the rest of the elves who <laughs> are it's trying to justify like, no, 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 this is OK. Everything's fine. It's, it's OK. Don't worry about it. Yes. Prince Naaman definitely fits the bill. <laughs> he would have been a great leader, but you know. He, but yeah, it's, it's but we did. That's not that's not how you know everything dictates. So we're we're going to be very pleased with the reasonable situation we have at hand. So right, right, and um, as we know, I think the, the most important thing about her decisions, and probably the most uh, uh, controversial is the uh, opening of the borders for trade and travel and this is this is what sets off the whole somerset um expansion to eso is this idea that like the borders are now open anybody can come visit and you very quickly if you are somebody from a different race visiting somerset will hear mumblings from the, the high elves that you meet about how terrible this decision is or how much they don't know agree right. with it or how t- how horrible and lesser the other races are and all of that stuff exactly um so like i guess probably the best way that we could like close up the discussion on aren and bring it a little more outside just her like biography mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak um is she does once she is in power at the start of the game and as it continues through the game, she is a pretty controversial leader to what the Dominion itself wants her to be. Um, She wants to employ the help of other races. She tries to set things up so that they're on more equal footing. Um, The the capital for the Aldmeri Dominion is centered around Elden Root in order to help with um oh god I, the word escapes me all of a sudden uh oh to help with relations with the Bosmer it's like that's you would think it would be somewhere in Alinor or something you, you know uh any one of the Somerset Isles but instead it she gives a little like that's not really taken too well mm-hmm. <laughs> of course yeah but you know referencing the main is uh, employing razam dar in her guard who is a khajiit like he's one of the eyes of the queen like that's a very that's basically her secret service but she is definitely more open-minded even though she feels this is her right to be there and everything like that and and has some precedence in being an altmer she's definitely much more open-minded and as they refer to her progressive (laughs) ideas, um, which does make her much more likable. And it's, she's almost, and it's why I find the Elmeri Dominion such an interesting enemy since they are not my faction of choice where there's so much division amongst those who are okay with acceptance of others and those who are just like no this is not tradition we're doing everything wrong and this is awful <laughs> like yeah. so yeah it, it's quite a rift within their own alliance based solely on the fact that you either kind of follow the thinkings of let's move forward and unite and then we'll make this overarching empire or we need to dominate everybody and there are no questions <laughs> so right yeah uh <laughs> yeah it's it's a very big philosophical uh, uh, change right from it is like from where where everything was going um and i do have another similarity in history where this where this actually occurred in uh in ancient egypt we know that the pharaohs worshipped many gods and they had uh, a very long reign like if you think about ancient egypt was like 
<laughs> it went on for what 3000 years or something like that is ridiculous like yeah. the beginning of the egyptian period would have started if if we were in the egyptian period today at the end of the egyptian period would have started uh 1000 bce like that's boggling to think of the, like that, your yes. civilization being that old um but back in the middle or towards towards the middle to end of the egyptian period um Amenhotep the fourth was the pharaoh and decided to only worship one god changed the capital to another location and eventually was murdered and then erased as best as they could from history and then mm -hmm. the basically the aristocracy was like uh-uh nope this is like he went i'm gonna go philosophically in a different direction i'm the pharaoh i can do that did it and then eventually was removed and erased from history and then everyone went back to the way things were before and kept going like nothing happened and it seems yep. very similar to the kind of situation we have here with iran indeed yeah so again some really cool uh, parallels between things that happen in the real world and things that happen in elder scrolls online um which of course we know that you know the creators and the people writing these are very educated in a lot of these things and and, right. it, and it also makes sense like people are people right whether whether you're elves or you know khajiit or whatever sure we're all exactly. people right they all have yeah, emotions and idea. motivation and like it doesn't matter if you're human or not in these in these stories because they're all people so right it's, and having the grounding with you know parallels to real life you get to make connections to these things and it makes it feel more real the world yeah. itself of you know tamriel and nern ha although it's completely fanciful and off the wall has these grounding parallels that we can actually relate to as opposed to you know if everything's mushroom houses and castles made of <laughs> bug wings and stuff like that it's a little hard to wrap your head around any type of connection but when you have that stuff mixed with even simple things like real world politics oh, yeah. or you know the racism that's in the world that they, they battle with it's like stuff like that it's like most people will find something that they've experienced or can connect to and it makes it feel more real as as a as a part of fiction yeah yeah so again it's, it's really cool i i love doing these character studies i think we're going to continue with some of these um i was thinking since we just finished uh iren razam dar might be a really cool character to dig into next week. <laughs> yeah we could always do the big three uh the big three support characters yeah between yeah. razam dar naryu and uh darian gutierrez darian yeah and yeah they're all distinct and different but badasses in their own ways so correct i think it might be really cool to dig into those and see and look at the parallels and yet some of the differences how they connect with their the leader that they're supporting how they don't um i think there's a lot more going on there too so maybe we'll move into that stuff but next week is the patron episode and we'll we'll be doing that next week so uh just a reminder if you want to join us come join us and then maybe next month we'll be diving into some of these other characters um so again Cool stuff, Lotus. Thank you for joining me again. This is always fun. My pleasure. It's always fun to talk about this this stuff. And everybody who's in chat, thank you for being here. And uh, do you have anything else going on other than, uh, you know, Ugh. ridiculous games playing <laughs> on stream? Anything else we want to talk no, about? Tales of Tamriel that. doing anything cool? We um, I was going to say we'll be doing um, an episode this coming week uh, over on Dungeon Crawler Network. If you have interest in the other show that I'm part of, um, Tales of Tamriel, um, getting ready for the big reveal on Tuesday, where we find out more yeah. about the Gates of Oblivion and everything um, just to give, I guess, a grounding in. Uh, time period because this will be irrelevant i assume later on if you listen to this episode back in time but they had a reveal of that very cool teaser where we will also be seeing what appears to be a nobles chair elder scrolls gaming chair yes i am yes. very excited to see that it's the same company that does the fallout <laughs> one um yes it which is i hear is very one. high quality and i yes. almost got it almost got I, it and then he didn't I, I joked that the only reason I would ever give up mine, which I love my my chair, um, 
is I was like, well, I don't know. I guess if they did like my favorite franchise, I'd probably do it. <laughs> and then they did Fallout and I was like, oh, I really like Fallout, but I was like, eh, not yeah. feeling it. And I, the Doom one looks really cool, but Doom's more of just like, I, I really like Doom, but it's not like. That one, that the, one heard, hold on. That one looks really, really cool. It and it has like, awesome. it has like these like runes on the back. It's these like the, demonic it's runes. The, it's the power runes. I can't get that one power. because my, my father-in-law will think I'm like, off the deep end worshiping oh. satan or something so okay <laughs> so if this one has daedric do one. <laughs> letters down the side of maybe it maybe i can't get it either problems. oh no oh <laughs> he's gonna think i'm some devil worshiper he's like no i'm uh, killing the devils you don't no, understand them. they're bad I, like, they, they fear me <laughs> i'm the doom yeah. slayer may may runes dagon may look like satan with four arms and 35 feet tall but i'm punching him in the face <laughs> <laughs> somehow somehow but yeah somehow yeah, yeah. i'm in his uh, toes yeah, no. really hard yeah. so i'm pretty excited for um yeah, pretty excited for the reveal. So we'll have lots to talk about next week, actually. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe yeah. we could do that for the Patreon episode, I, being that it will be like two days later. Yeah, that might um, be a really good topic for us all to talk about what we're expecting and, and our impressions of it. So, yeah, that, yeah, that very well but, could be uh, it for sure. No, otherwise, I was going to say me, I'm just streaming when I get the chance. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'm hoping to get some more information for us going forward out of some of these elder elder scrolls games <laughs> the eldest of scrolls games the eldest of scrolls <laughs> the eldest of scrolls did you mention me the oldest man no no oldest man i did not mention you um awesome well cool stuff um let's see i've got my normal stuff going on uh working during the days streaming while i work and so if you're looking for a work buddy to chat with or you know just hang out whatever come by my stream i've been uh, editing the episodes down for audio and video and then also uh hanging out a bit chatting with you guys and playing games usually when i get done so uh during the days if you're looking for somebody to hang out with while you work or whatever come on by i'll be here all right i think that's it for this episode everybody have a wonderful rest of your week enjoy the big reveal and we will talk to you again next week and until then i don't know find a find a horse and ride into you know the sunset become a pirate and go explore the dead or something. I don't know, but be careful about it and then come back and take your throne. All right, yeah. guys, we'll see you. <laughs> Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the elder scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elder scrolls, Lorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to a robots radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. In a world where solid state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.
Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, gentle listener. Every Friday, be sure to tune in. What the hell are you doing, Ampersand? (laughs) Hi, Charlie. I'm sorry I broke in. I thought I was the only one to talk to myself. Well, I'm letting everyone know about the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. It's a 5e live play podcast. Join us every week. Where do we find it, yo, crusty coot? Uh, anywhere you can get all your podcasts. Woo-hoo! You'll find it every Friday, you stupid cat! <laughs> <laughs>